friends, welcome to episode 109 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can, whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Um, I wish I would have gotten more sleep last night. Yeah, and eaten a little less at dinner. Yeah, I kind of yeah. feel... It was too good. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really wanted breakfast for dinner, so... He's, he's, he's across the table from me, giving me this look of like, ugh... I ate too much. <laughs> I did. I did. But I was it was like, so, so tasty. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um mm. so uh we played we played a little D and D recently. Uh I think that's that's our first update. We we had my game and your game kind of back to back. Sort of, yeah, yeah. There was a little bit of space between them, but not too much. Um and uh uh so your your game I think went really well. Actually, yes. um, I, I described it as Orctions Eleven. Yeah, there, there was that was a good way of putting it. I think. Uh, so we, we <clears> it, was, <throat> it was it was almost a heist film. Uh, we went in and we um, instead of stealing a, a powerful magical artifact, we snuck into the vault and destroyed the powerful magical artifact. Correct, correct. Uh, got uh, got got told that we were a bunch of insignificant whelps by a, by a god, mm-hmm. who I replied to, um, if we were so insignificant whelps, you'd be smiting us instead of talking about it. That's true, and. Uh, then we, there was a distraction caused, and we actually got out scot free. Yeah, so it, I w- was... it was very surprising. Uh, well, I would say this: uh, from my perspective as a witness, mm-hmm. not so much as a storyteller, I thought it was very surprising mm-hmm. knowing the background stuff. Uh, as the storyteller, I one hundred percent watched this go on, and there was no punches pulled. Like I had things, I had all the machinations oh, moving yeah. as I had had them planned. Oh yeah, I literally ran it very much like a. Uh, uh, digital uh, for uh, FPS or an MMO, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I these are the things that are going on in the space. Let's see what you guys do with them. Yep, yep. Uh, and no, I think I, it worked pr- perfectly. I have to ask you too, because um, mm-hmm. I know this has been kind of a uh, kind of a I don't know sticking point with you or something. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um, the map that you had us playing on there yes. is that something that you created? Or I that... built that whole thing whole cloth. Very good. One hundred percent. All three Very floors. Good. <laughs> Very good, because I because I, I know that was a, a mm-hmm. point of concern for you. you it was kept saying I'm not an artist, and I kept telling you you don't need to be an artist. No, and and for me it was uh, I needed to make something that felt like it had old elements to it and new elements to mm-hmm. it, and give you guys enough space to be able to enjoy it. It was uh, it was very good, and your your descriptions of it were um, were equally as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a very easy time mentally hanging on to what was going on in that space. Awesome. Um, likewise, uh, you also implemented, um, uh, some features that you and I had talked about, yep, um, yep. of just giving us a basic list of NPCs mm-hmm. and kind of their function in the world and yes. stuff like that. And, um, cause that's been one of my stumbling blocks is I haven't, I, I've been having a tough time following your plot and that's just because it's been a lot of audio information given to me yeah. and I have a tough time sorting out audio information. So if there's right. like three NPCs kind of talking to each other. I can't tell them all apart, and I get right. instantly lost. Right. So, um, per our discussion, you wrote out kind of a list of the NPCs, kind of where they function in the world and stuff like that, and you took uh, five, ten minutes or so kind of going over, like, okay, so this character was doing this, this character was doing this, and this one is over here. We think this one's responsible for that happening, to mm-hmm. that, that bad thing happening? Yes, correct. Okay, good. We're all on the same page here. Yep. 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 So... 
it had results instantly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I think your game your game went very good. And then the other step that I took was one of the things that I did was um, I made sure that important uh, pieces of information were also not only described to you orally in narration, but were also presented in text. Correct. Yeah, because Foundry VGT allows you to um, uh, write out like journal entries. Correct. And then there's a button on there that just says present to players. Mm-hmm. And it makes it pop up on all of our screens. So as you were reading narration to us, we could read along with you to make sure that we were getting all the, all the correct details. Yeah. And I only put in uh, models when it was important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, for instance, when when you had a god in the space, it was clearly not a combat sequence. Because right. they right. weren't physically there. Yeah. Uh, it was a presence that was something to contend with in mm-hmm. a social aspect more than anything else. Yeah. <sighs> No, went 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 very good. Um, now, the reason I, I my 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 reason for regaling your uh, mm-hmm. your your game this weekend is twofold. One, because it's a topic of interest of for course. for this particular show, but also to kind of contrast it um, a little bit uh, against how my game went. Okay, um, and that is uh, that I think the plot on my game mm-hmm. went extraordinarily well. I agree. But we had some conflict at the table. We I did. We mentioned this uh, last game session that mm-hmm. there was there was a bit of a sour note because the, because of the the um, there was some interpersonal um, uh, disagreement at the table. Yes, and some 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 words were spoken uh, out of frustration mm-hmm. and uh, were 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 taken uh, harshly and such like that. And there were yes. some hurt feelings. Yes. Um, and that's kind of the topic of our show uh, tonight. In- Funny enough, not the reason why we had this topic on the sheet. Right. We actually had this one <laughs> planned out. So, yeah, um, yeah. but it's, 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 it's kind of nice that, that it happened because yeah. it, um, in a, in a very roundabout sense. Yes. Uh, because I mean, it's never good when conflict happens. Never. I want everybody no, to go no, along. No, don't, no. don't get me wrong no, here. We, we didn't, we didn't do that. My friends are not lab rat guinea pigs that they know of. Eh. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but anyways, it's, 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 it at least gives us something practical, I guess, to apply these, these things to and kind of, you know, put these things into practice for us. Mm -hmm. And if absolutely nothing else, um, for listeners of our show who are, um, younger on their career in tabletop Mm role-playing and such like that, um, it just goes to show that, you know, both Rob and I have been playing for 25 years. We're more, more than now. Yeah. We're, we're, we're old money in this, uh, uh, in this, in this hobby and, we still have interpersonal conflict. We still yeah. have we still have these hurdles to go. Like this isn't a thing that just magically goes away because you've got like a a group of friends that's a carefully curated you know tabletop mm-hmm. group. Yeah, no? yeah, stuff e- still comes up. We're still yeah. human. Even the least the the, the 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 least picky systems will get you into a bind when tensions are in different places. I mean. Honestly, there are all kinds of reasons for it. There's all kinds of places where it comes up. And it's it's not to say the game was a complete failure. No different than, like, you know, you're, you're playing a tabletop night where you, you might be playing Settlers or Catan. And how many times do people get upset about that game amongst friends? Right. Then right. they say it ruins friendships, you know. I, the game didn't ruin the friendship. There was something else going on at that table. Right. Catan was just was just a, a tableau upon which that, that played correct. out. Yes. Correct. So... Let's let's define tonight's kind of topic a little bit because we are going to expand a little bit more than obviously just the one game, um, but effectively we're talking about uh, a failure, but we're not using the word failure is merely a term in this case. Yeah, yeah. There's there's all sorts of things that can go sideways um, in your game uh, mm-hmm. from 
in-character stuff to out-of-character stuff, in many ways that a game session can quote-unquote fail. So Mm -hmm. what do we mean when we say failure? Mm -hmm. Um, We're talking about something bad. uh, So something that that happens that leads to bad feelings at the table. Right. Okay. Um, Basically, that that this is a game. It's meant to be enjoyed by all involved. So if somebody's not enjoying, that is a point of failure. And that includes the storyteller. Sure. Sure, absolutely. That The storyteller is a player Mm -hmm. and is entitled to have fun at the table. Yeah. Um. And so this may be something from like a player's reaction to us to the story, to an interpersonal interaction went sour, um, to the storyteller's plot being derailed mm-hmm. in 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 a bad way. You know, uh, there, there's certainly plot twists that happens or oh, yeah. you know, unpredictable motions and stuff like that. And you might call those derailments, but like we're talking, uh, you know, the 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 player characters decide to just walk away and let the dragon kidnap the princess sort of stuff, you know? Right, right. Um, And equally as likely when maybe you've had a player at your table who's been playing, you know, a barbarian and it hasn't been an issue, and then right in the middle of a scene decides to go against everyone else's wishes and kill somebody outright. Mm -hmm. And now the player's like, whoa, whoa, this is not what we wanted or what we talked about. And now they're playing their character, you know, and now you've got a conflict of personalities and of the situation going on. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, just to, just to put kind of a disclaimer at the beginning of this, of this discussion, um, this is not an exhaustive list by any means. There is, hundreds of ways that you can have points of failure in your in your in your game both in character and out of character um these are just some of the most common ones that we've noticed over a combined 50 years of gaming yeah yeah and the other thing we're going to add into this because we will be stepping lightly into it is neither of us are therapists you should never take this as therapy and please do not try and run therapy at your table Yes. If you are a therapist, you should know better. <laughs> if, you, if you are a therapist, you know better. And if you're not, don't try to be one. That's right. That's right. Um, don't bring your work home. <laughs> there, there are problem-solving skills, and then there's you just genuinely need help. But we will grace the edge of some conflict resolution, which yes. are not a bad thing to have. Yeah. Those are good tools regardless. And it, it may be stuff you'll hear a therapist say. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Is, but again. These are universal. We, we, we are not therapists. This is not mental health advice. Okay. All right, so there are basically two points of failure, um, two yeah. main areas where your where your your tabletop gaming can can fail. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that I is in game stuff. Yep. Dealing with characters, dealing with the plot, things like that, and there is out of game stuff, dealing with players mm-hmm. or the storyteller themselves. Right. And when we talk about dealing with out of game stuff, it doesn't mean that it's not bleeding in. For instance, if a player is having a personal issue that is unknown to the table, and they lay that into the game. You know, and I say issue in the statement that it could be them tired or hungry or uh, maybe not hearing things correctly, feeling agitated, bringing an outside conflict like we had brought up at one point, I think, Mm -hmm. a number of episodes ago where maybe one of the players is having a a little bit of a a snafu with one of the other players totally outside a game. Like they borrowed something and never gave it back and now it's built up. Those are all out-of-character stuff. That's Mm -hmm. out-of-game stuff that we're talking about here. So in-game stuff is more stuff that just... It it doesn't... It may never even reach your players. Like, Mm -hmm. your players may think everything is fine. Yep. But unbeknownst to them, have created some sort of a situation. Um... So, probably one of the more more common points um, from in-character... For for in-game failures. Um... You've got, like, a TPK or a villain death or... Players find some solution that you didn't think of, and they utterly unhinge your plot. Yes. 
Um, that oh god, that last one's happened to me a handful of time, and man, the panic when you you think you've got something so carefully craft crafted, and you're like, this artifact does A, B, and C, and the villain's using it in this creative way, mm-hmm. and the the players walk in and they go, well, why doesn't he just do this? I just do this, mm-hmm. and you're like, I didn't think of that. Yep. Oh god, I didn't yep. think of that. Oh no. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then exactly. you gotta come up for some contrivance why that doesn't work. <laughs> yep. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, but uh, I, I think probably like some of the most the, the bigger ones are like the TPK or the villain death. Yeah, and we're like, talking about a total party death. Yeah, TPK. I'm sorry, I should define uh, any mm-hmm. acronyms I use. Yep. Total party kill. Yes. Uh, is when you when everybody in the player character party is dead or presumed such. Presumed such is the key to that whole phrase. When players die, always remember in their mind. They are dead. There is no way out of this because they've accepted that. Mm-hmm. As a storyteller, any number of things can happen. Oh, we'll 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 get there. Yes. We'll get there. All right. So, step one. Yes. Don't panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I, is a great thing. You know, just g- grab your towel. Always know where it is and don't panic. Exactly. Do not panic. So something went sideways, and you think your plot is entirely derailed. Step one is take stock of what you have. Okay. It isn't. Is it one hundred percent sure that everyone in the party is dead? Like, did the villain walk around and put a bullet in everyone's skull? You know, right. and even then, maybe not. You know, well, but what I'm saying though is that could some of them have survived? Might allies come to their aid? Would the villain have taken them hostage instead? Mm-hmm. You know, allowing for a daring prison break scene afterwards after they they recover groggily in his dungeon. Yep. You know, um, is there any angle whatsoever that you can take in this situation that would continue the story rather than end it? No, that's not to say that this story is probably going to look a lot different than you had it written out or maybe floating around in your head. But the goal is that it's not broken. It's just drastically different than you thought it was going to be. Right. And the story can still move forward in a different direction. Yep. Okay. Um, not everything that looks like an ending is actually an ending. Mm-hmm. Movies do this all the time. 100%. How many, like, man, what I keep coming back to is, like, Supernatural. Sure. Now, yeah, that yeah. show ran, like, it just recently ended after, like, what, 15 seasons or something like that. Now, okay. I watched it... Um, uh, pretty regularly up until about season five. Yeah. Um, I should say I I, I shotgunned it because yeah. uh, I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan of the show initially. Um, I was down after some pretty major surgery, so I was going through my Netflix queue pretty yep. heftily for like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I. Uh, so I I ended up watching uh, the first six and a half seasons of mm-hmm. Supernatural, mm-hmm. and at the end of season five you could definitely tell that they tried to end the series yes i remember that pretty vividly because like everyone was dead mm-hmm. or like exiled to hell mm-hmm. or you know something I mean, I mean they tied it up with a nice handy mm-hmm. bow like there was no way that show could you know continue to go on after that and then season six happened mm-hmm. and suddenly characters that were dead were now alive and now mind you part of the plot was why are we alive right you know, we got to figure that out again and stuff like that. Right. But, but, like, arguably, like, that show should not have continued. Right. That was a TPK. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Yeah. And it went for ten more seasons after that. Yeah. 
Now, I don't know what's your opinion, whether or not it should have continued for 10 more seasons or not. Money, money, money. You can you can at me on Twitter if you money. think I'm wrong about that. But um, but absolutely, though, um, I mean, there, there's 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 dozens of things you can do to recover from from something like that 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 happens in cinema all the time. Look to your favorite shows, look to your favorite movies, look to your favorite sequels mm-hmm. that look like they were all tidied up. And then all of a sudden it's now, you know. Dungeons and Dragons 2, The Revenge, and... I have three words for you Yeah, that will make you laugh. Okay. Seatbelts, airbags, sprinklers. Hudson Hawk. Would you believe I've never seen Hudson Hawk? Well, we'll be getting past that. So, in a direct (laughs) scene, the hero watches his best friend go over the edge of a cliff in a limousine oh okay no i know you've described that scene yes. to me so yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> probably yeah. one of the finest comebacks i've seen in a long time um all right so that's step one take stock of what you have yep. see if you can recover it albeit in a much drastically different direction all right step two did it feel heroic are the players happy like are you the only one sitting behind your DM screen going like, oh man, that was a disaster? Are your players high-fiving themselves currently as you're having that thought? Mm-hmm. Then maybe it's okay. You know? Sure, they killed your, your 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 villain in session two, but if they enjoyed it, maybe find a way to avenge that villain with like a lesser henchman that got away who's now going to continue his work and become the new villain. Or uh, maybe just that, that villain's just dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's just another plot they can pursue, or maybe vacuums there were, happen. Yeah, there, there's a power vacuum now, yeah. and then maybe there's like three or four different villains that are all scrambling to fill his shoes. There's a dozen things you can do with that. Mm-hmm. And if your players aren't tilted about it, mm-hmm. maybe you don't have to be either. Nope. Um, I had a TPK that was one of the greatest endings to my campaign ever. Okay, uh, wiped the entire group put in a monster that was way over their level and was just mowing them down. Mm-hmm. Um, their whole mission, though, was to shove this magical MacGuffin into the mouth of this gigantic demon, mm-hmm. like Cthulhu-sized demon mm-hmm. that was called the World Eater or Devourer or something like that. Sounds pretty straightforward. Um, it was basically a, a sentient black hole, uh, much too large to ever summon into our world in any practical means without you know an entire cult trying to do it with a summoning circle the size of a city, you know. So he's pretty much just chilling in the abyss. And they were like, well, the only way to destroy this thing is to throw it into this thing's gullet because nothing gets back out of it. It's the closest thing to a black hole we have, right? Because right? um, it's indestructible after that, and it will only cause more problems. Right, right. So they go into this this temple, basically, that is the entryway to the Great Devourer's slumbering place. Mm-hmm. And there is a demon there that is just way over their pay grade. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, you cannot step into the chamber of the, 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 the master without being cleansed mm-hmm. in pain and blood. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, so as I'm mowing them down, um, they basically decide that this is their last heroic stand. Mm-hmm. They, were, they all resigned themselves to death. It was this great heroic moment where you could see it on their faces mm-hmm. and this definite shift in their attitudes of like, we're not walking out of this place. Okay, time for the Hail Mary pass. They gave the MacGuffin to the monk. Mm-hmm. The monk did some dope monk crap up and over on some walls and jumping and flipping and stuff like that. Dodged past the demon, got into the chamber mm-hmm. and slammed the door behind her. Okay. The other members stepped forward and went, you have to deal with us now. 
There you go. Mission accomplished. She throws herself heroically into the mouth of the Great Devourer. With the thing. As she feels the life force, because they have kind of a magical link with each other, feels the life force of the rest of the party wink out as they essentially sacrifice to buy her time. Mm -hmm. TPK, everyone dead, mission accomplished. Everyone happy, though. Was the best ending to a campaign I've ever had. See, now, I went back looking for the the one that I had talked to you about where the guy had a uh, a total party wipe, but uh, not total party wipe, had lost his villain mm-hmm. within the first three episodes mm-hmm. uh, because of an amazing shot by one of the characters and ended up having to create a power vacuum and all of, the, all of his henchmen basically going to other people. Uh, and I found something else. And that was, I found a guy who had, had uh, started a uh, campaign with pre-generated characters. Uh-huh. Because he intended them all to die. Okay, okay, Within okay. the first couple scenes. And then the players would create bonds to those who died, and it would be a revenge campaign. All right, yeah. It went on for a year and a half. With the pre-planned characters? Correct. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> they just kept rolling. They rolled through the scenario that he had set up. They rolled through the next one that he had set up. And basically, he had to keep... He kept putting roadblocks up, and they just kept enjoying it. Man. Uh, that's now that is the weirdest use of like the dm versus the players trope that yep. i've ever seen yep we're like man i've been trying to kill these guys for a year and a half but they keep rolling so good <laughs> that's 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 wild that's wild to me uh all right so we've talked about um looking back and taking stock on what you have mm-hmm. and trying to roll with it there's the let it just let it happen if the players all enjoyed it sort of thing and then sometimes, yeah, yeah, sometimes it's dead. And that's okay. Walk away. Like, you and I have both started and never finished countless games. Oh, God. So many. Uh, we started with grand ideas. You know, oh, it's going to be this. It's going to tell it in four parts, and it's going to be grand, and you guys are going to do this, all this stuff. Never gets to session two, let alone to session four. You know? Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes things just happen. Sometimes the the plot just isn't engaging. Sometimes you just can't get your schedules together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, for any number of reasons, like your game is just not going to go. Right. And even if it does go completely off the rails, okay, maybe your grand campaign just got turned into a one shot. Yeah, whatever. But you know what? You had some fun with your friends. That's right. You got a little experience with whatever game session uh, system you were playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll come back to it later. Yep. Maybe another person will be like, hey, that was a cool idea. Maybe I'll kind of piggyback off of it. There you go. You know, let me run a one shot next time. Cool. And sometimes you're just unprepared. Like you, you get to a point in your game, you lose energy as a storyteller or yeah. y- y- you're stressed or something else comes up. It's okay to walk away and not drive your way through it. Yeah. yeah. It's, that is look, perfectly okay. Games, they're hobbies. They're, 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 they're fun ways to waste time, you know. And if it's not doing it for you, or if it just doesn't work, or you can't get your stuff together, that's fine. Walk away from it. That's fine. All right. So, you got any other massive in-game failures you want to address? I mean, there's always more, but we have more content to roll well, through. Well, I know. I'm just saying. Is there, you think in retrospect, do you think we missed anything major? You know. Um. I would say everything else steps into the in-game, out-of-game for me. Okay. I think at least the ones that are off the top of my head. And that's where we're talking about, like, players just either... Like, the first one that comes to me is players not enjoying the story. Mm -hmm. Um, I've definitely had scenarios where 
you you know things are hard to follow. It's getting too chunky. Uh, there's too many details. You've gone too far. Basically, as a storyteller, you've written too much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're expecting too much from your players on what they know or what they don't know, and so you end up having to fill in so many gaps because you just have so much detail. Yeah, you know they've been all over the place. They've done all these things. There's all these bad guys and these, you know, intricate stories and everything, and they're just lost. They don't quite know what's next. Yeah, I think so- sometimes you know, as storytellers, we're so we're so attached to our own stories, and I and mean, we're immersed in them because we're the ones that invented them. You know, we're the ones that spend our free time poring over the notes and the details and stuff of like that. And these these NPCs and these plots and stuff that they come up with are are these big living things that we concentrate on and such like that but to our to our players that we may only play once a month you know right for, for a couple of hours and that's all the exposure to these things that they get and they may enjoy the hell out of those four mm-hmm. hours a month but you know there's no reinforcement so like they don't hang on to them and if they don't take really elaborate notes they start missing the nuance yeah you know? imagine imagine reading two chapters from a fantasy book once a month Two, yeah, two chapters even. Like if one that. chapter, yeah. yeah. I mean, depending on the fa- fantasy novelist, you know. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, you get lost. This is why shows are weekly mm-hmm. or why they put out 90-minute sessions for shows so that you get a huge chunk of peace and then you've got to wait two weeks for the next one. But and, it's never a month away. And that's why a lot of shows have like a, have an established recap. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you all the relevant stuff too, you know. So like they'll show you little bits of episode one, little bits of episode two, and a lot of episode three to prime you for the important stuff that's going to happen in episode four. Yes. Um, is to refresh all of that for yeah. you. So, but yeah, you know, I mean, I've, 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 I've had that too. And you, you've also got to keep in mind that... Um, you know, the characters in the game would be living and breathing this stuff. You know, it's all very personal for the characters. Correct. For the players, they're only, you know, they're they're only getting it through descriptions. They're not yeah. seeing it. They're well, not living it. You well, know? and also they're not in your head as a storyteller, mm-hmm. you know, where every week you're thinking about it, you're prepping for it, you're building things, you're seeing all the machinations and feeling the world through your own words. They're not buried at the same level. They don't have a core rule book that also describes everything to them. They they may not have, and like if you're doing an adventure, like in Ravenloft, mm-hmm. that's a setting that kind of has a feeling and some stuff that they can go look up and get a get a feel for, but they don't want to read too much into it, because otherwise now they're, they know about the plot and everybody who's involved and pieces like that. You know, or if you're adapting something from a movie or or like Star Wars or something like that, now they get a feeling for the universe. They can feel a little bit more involved, but they sure. still aren't going to know the nuance of your story at any level in comparison to you. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, as far as um, players and stuff of like that, um, you know, something to consider is that maybe the story just isn't for you. Exactly. You know, I mean, it, like. You may be a perfectly good storyteller, but like, uh, for instance, I mean, I know there are people at my table I, I can't tell horror stories to. Exactly. You know, um, I know that certain people, like if I, if I were to get just bubblegum saccharine sweet, they'd be like, I can't do this. Like, nope. I'm, I'm here for a serious role playing experience and, mm-hmm. you know, purple pink ponies is not. It's not the game I signed up for, you know? Yeah. I, I know there was a number of games that I've played over the years where the storyteller was all about the minutiae. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, basically, it was 
uh, it it felt very Eve like in the sense that you had to keep track of everything mm-hmm. because that was the game. the The game was management. Yeah, there yeah, really yeah. wasn't a lot of role playing in it. It was all money management, equipment management, upkeep. You know, knowing who was involved with what in what lord, so that you could talk to the right person to get the right deals to get to the right stuff. And it was like. I can't follow this. I haven't been playing long enough to even know any of these people's names or anything about it. Oh, well, you know about this stuff. And it's like, okay, you just told me that. Like, I going into the scene, I had no idea any of that stuff. It's like, right, where right. do I, I mean, I, clearly I'm nothing in this world mm-hmm. without knowledge, and that becomes a huge problem. Um, So it totally wasn't my game. Now, that didn't make it my fault as the player. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it's nobody's true fault when you step into that. And and I'll flat out say there have been games that I've played where the environment of the game was toxic to me. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everybody was mer- you know wanting to be backstabby and steely to each other. Yeah. And they were all cool yeah. with it because they kept it in game. They were all fine with it with each other. I was not. I was mm-hmm. way too invested with myself even two games in to be like, "Wait a second, you just you, you're just going to steal my stuff while I'm sleeping? Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to r- rifle through my character stuff while I'm sleeping? Or you're going to do something to affect me in combat so that I'm less effective? So that you get the kill and, like, glory? Like, wh- what is going on here? Yeah. And yeah. that's that was just not my gameplay style, but some people eat that stuff up. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Uh, I, was, I was in a game um, that... Uh, the storyteller was just doling out, like, the experience in, like, literally singles and 10 digit amounts oh. and it was like it we we kind of did the calculation of like after three or four game sessions mm-hmm. we were like it will literally take us three years to hit our next level yeah literally three years yeah. of constant weekly play and there were there were some there was some some out of character sort of like it, there it was like an obligation to like bring food and stuff like that and like it's okay if you want to, you know, request that of your players, but then there, it, there was a sort of obligation to it. Mm-hmm. And then when we didn't bring the right food or an, enough of one particular thing or something like that, there like there was some drama about it. And I was like, okay, look, I this is too much stress for a weekly damn game that exactly. we're not like I'm not even that invested in the story on, you know. And yeah, we ended up walking out of that one and just, you know, but it's just not every game, not every table is going to be for you for whatever right. reason. Right. And, and be aware that you can't, I would say, don't take it personally. Yeah. You, you have to be able to step away from those situations and not take it personally and not look at them with any fault that that's their situation. Let them go. Your feelings are your own in that sense. But it's also your obligation to recognize that. And self-recognition is hard. Exactly. Maybe you're not the target audience here. Yeah. And that's fine. And you can walk away from that. And just it's a much better use of your time than staying there and being salty about not having a good time. Yep. Yep. I think the the next one that we got here, here on our list is the one that comes up more times but is not discussed nearly enough but i think has been is is getting better at being handled and that's the triggered experiences yeah yeah i think that uh it is it is always surprising to me myself what triggers me Mm -hmm. that i don't realize until later Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that i that i don't see as a problem until i'm like oh that's what happened there okay i didn't realize that having this, you know, being this close to the situation and reliving something with someone else in character format was going to bring these feelings about. And I think that's why that X card is so valuable. Yeah, I think yeah. having that 
for lack of a better term, safe word, X card, whatever, to be able to just stop everything and bring it back to a level of calm mm-hmm. and step away from whatever the hurt was, regardless of what was going on. The discomfort can be stepped away from and, and that you can feel safe dropping that. Yeah. And no one's going to question it. Yeah. It's not a defensive moment. There's nothing to be protected. It's a game. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard because in that's not something society teaches us. That's no, not something it, that happens anywhere else. It, it really isn't. I mean, it, it's 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 kind of sad how remarkably um uh, uh I don't know what the word I'm looking for is um uncommon like emotional intelligence is I suppose mm-hmm. um from the standpoint of you know people being trained um to think about their 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 emotions take stock of what their emotions are and uh you know be able to be able to talk about them be able to um to express them and and to deal with them in a in a healthy manner um it's 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 unfortunately it's it's on it's kind of uncommon um but that's kind of what the x card is all about is just if you do feel uncomfortable you don't need to explain yourself you don't need to know why or how it's all happening just if something is making you uncomfortable and you are you know starting to feel panicky starting to feel squirmy starting to feel anxious about the things that are unfolding in character or out of character you toss the x card Exactly, exactly. And I think the other part of it is if you know somebody or you're seeing something as another witness, whether you're the storyteller or another player, feel free to throw it for them. Yes. Freeze is a thing that happens. Like, we we all step through our, pro- our, our, our reaction areas of fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Yeah, fight, fight or flight is typically what you, what you hear, fight or flight. But right. there are two other reactions that are... That are... Maybe not as common because they're a little bit lower down, like the priority chain in your in your lizard brain. Right. Um, but freeze is a big one. It's it's a huge one. And in that, you will just see people who are having a traumatic experience lock up, mm-hmm. and they'll just sit there and let it happen. Yeah. Um, and that's because your body goes, "Well, can I fight? No. Can I flee? No. All right, just shut down and play dead. Yeah. Just shut down and play dead, and maybe they'll stop." Yep. Or shut down all emotion. I'm just going to handle this. And dissociate. Yep. And disassociate myself from the situation until mm-hmm. it's over. And then I'll handle my emotions then. Yeah. Which might turn into fight or flight. Right. right. And we can see ourselves do this after the fact. Mm-hmm. But it is exceptionally hard to see it in the moment. But we are good at noticing the, the change in others. In others, yes. And that's where it, it, it's important to remember the table is friendly which means to as a friend it is good to throw that card for them. Do you ever do you ever listen to um Crit Crab on uh, on YouTube? Um, I, I may he have does, come this, across he does it. A, a whole series of DM horror stories. Ooh. Uh and uh it's basically his entire his entire brand is D&D horror stories. Mm-hmm. And I mean just a number of those where, you know, uh, horrible things are unfolding at the table. Um scenes of, you know, sexual assault and stuff like that. That like sh- stuff that should never ever happen in a D session you know but people are just immature enough not to or, or too edgy to you know right, to, to right. acknowledge that and you know so many of those stories include the words like everybody could see she was uncomfortable you know when they they yeah. continued like man like if you if, if if any of those people were responsible enough to have an x card at the table just walk away like yeah throw the x card stop the scene there was a gen con story 
that yeah. I read about that w- that happened that way, where this where it was a storyteller who didn't know the people at all, mm-hmm. um, and it was a horror, a house of horrors story. It was going to be a horror. The theme was horror, and that there would be graphic uh, violence mm-hmm. and and uh, and uh, graphic scenes of of death and dismemberment that would be described. Sure. So it was very clearly penned out. Mm-hmm. Um. And the setting was, I think, a hospital of all settings. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, uh, it was going to have some, you know, um, uh, you know, your your typical undead kind of stuff, but also some like otherworldly stuff as well in it. Not quite truly Lovecraftian, but something unique, you know, horrifically unique. And the guy started the scenario off that that wasn't, it didn't start. He he basically preempted the whole thing in a very calm normal way where these people were going to the hospital for different loved ones and things and they would all end up in this secondary ward that would get they'd get locked in effectively under a kind of a pandemic warning uh sure okay. and they couldn't they wouldn't be able to leave and there'd be military that would stop them so they had to stay in the ward until it was over and of course all hell breaks loose in the ward mm-hmm. his opening was talking about just the normal stuff in a hospital that these people were witnessing. Mm-hmm. And the 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 thing was, is he had somebody else there, and that's the person who really noted all this, who was helping him get through it, um, because he needed them to basically guide him. And he said, you know, uh, you know, I was watching this go on, and the storyteller basically said, if you if I see anybody crying or or just forcing their way through the scene, just squeeze my arm. We're gonna stop everything right there. Mm-hmm. Four minutes in, haven't even gotten to the horrific stuff. One of the players started, like, who's just sitting there stoically crying out of the side of his eye. And they were all like, he was, I gave him a squeeze on his arm. And, you know, I took a pause and I'm just like, everybody just check yourselves and everything like that. And the guy just kept staring forward. And he's like, I'm like, okay, um, I, I really need to know what's, you know, I'd, I'd like to know, is there something that I need to change up in the story? And the guy had the same reaction I had, I have when going through a ventilator section of a ward. Uh-huh. But the guy was describing it flawlessly, apparently. Yep. And that's, it's a terrifying feeling to me. I, I have PTSD in regards to my grandparents in regards to that. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that lives with me. And there was no way for that. I mean, it wouldn't seem like anything normal. It was just a very well-described hospital. Yeah, sure. It's, it seems, it seems mundane. But yeah. Everybody's got little things, you know. But that guy was totally unprepared for that. Like he, yeah, he'd be fine with people, you know, zombies chasing and tearing heads off and body parts. That's unrealistic. Because because none of that is real. Correct. But the moment that it caught him off guard in that sense, he was, he was done with the game. He had to get up and walk away. He's like, I I can't do this guys. I'm out. He's like, do you want me to just switch right to the, he goes, I I don't think I can step in. I, I'm going to see that scene. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of our one of our players uh, in uh, in in my game, a uh, good friend of ours, uh, is uh, severely hydrophobic. Yes, and yes. so like I have to be very mindful of like if if I because I'm 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 that I'm that asshole who loves the water temple in Legend of Zelda. Oh yeah, Every, I, the, yeah. the most the most reviled uh, 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 dungeon in, in in the entire world, and I'm the one who's like, yeah, water temple. And so I have to be very careful with how I build dungeons and stuff like that because uh, I and even even if I do put water in, I have sworn an oath to this person that like there will never be a moment where water becomes a hazard to your character. There will always be a way to avoid it. There will always be a way to avoid it, or you will always navigate it safely. 
because it will never it will never be a hazard to you. I promise this. And he was like, okay, okay, as long as like just he and he was very good about spelling out the boundaries on it. You know, right? Like, it's not just like I can't like I can't say the word water. You know, or otherwise he'll have a panic attack or something like that. That's like it's not that bad, but. He was very good about defining it for me, but not everybody's going to be able to do that for you. Not everybody's going to be able to tell you exactly where the boundaries of their triggers are. Yep. yep. And not even not everybody's going to be feel comfortable telling you these things either. That's the other big thing. So having <laughs> that X card available to just be yep. like, all right, no, this is I'm sorry, this is this is horrible for me. Okay, it's literally just a boat. But but you threw the X card. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm confused. But, but we're going to walk away. But I accept it. It's we're no longer on a boat. Yeah. Or maybe the, the the boat scene has happened. You all sail. Nothing bad happens. Now you're in a port. Yeah. And I think this is where, like, especially if you're doing longer campaigns, where the session zero makes a huge difference for that because you're you're painting out the expectations, you're framing things, you're asking people if these edges are too much. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones that are in your mind. But it still helps paint the picture. Absolutely. So that players could step out. But it also gives. I mean, the other thing that run that runs into that gambit is mm-hmm. players. Playing out, playing characters outside of the scope of the story, or doing something that's outright challenging—the Thirteenth Warrior concept. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. And, and stepping into that. I don't want to dwell. I mean, we're doing great dwelling on the X card. I think it's an important thing. No, 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 but no. There's a balance. lot more areas balance. that we need to jump through. <laughs> so uh, you can always run into players who are going to make the weird character that doesn't fit in the game whatsoever, like the the paladin, the the full plate paladin on a pirate ship. Yep. You know. Yep. Who who's always going to do the right and just thing and be lawful at all times amongst a group of paladin or amongst a group of pirates. Yeah, it was it was a friend friend of the show, uh, Seth Skorkowski, who defined yep. that as the thir- the thirteenth warrior. Like, yes. okay, guys, we're doing a Viking adventure to go uh, to, to to go and kill bar- kill barbarians, and like, okay, well, I'm going to make an Arabian poet on a jumping horse who doesn't speak the language. All right, buddy, and then you've got the Hobbit. Which is, hey guys, we're making a band of dwarves uh, to go and get the uh, uh, to, to 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 go on an adventure to reclaim our lost treasure from a dragon. All right, I'm gonna make um I'm gonna make a hobbit who doesn't want to go on the adventure and is gonna grump about it the whole time. Oh, like a thief or something with like roguelike abilities? No, just a hobbit. He likes second breakfast and not going on adventures. He's a farmer. Yeah. You have farming skills. Yeah. That guy. That's okay. my character. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, and sometimes your players are just being jerks. Like, sometimes your characters are just going to do things to just deliberately screw with your plot and try to derail it and stuff like that. Yes. Um, and they're not... This isn't a... This, it's, it's a bad faith thing. The warrior min-maxing they where are, you're, like, literally the best of the best of the best. I'm not even mm. I'm not even talking about min-maxing or anything like that. I'm talking about literally, like, the whole, oh, so this is the king, huh? This is the guy you've clearly set up to be our major quest giver, and this entire plot is based around us doing favors for the king. I'm gonna stab him. I kill the king. Yeah. I'm gonna sneak, why, I'm gonna why, sneak back why, and steal. Why send- do you kill the king? He told me what to do, and I don't like that. Yeah. Or 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 the guy who goes and steals things, Gazoon type, by the way. Excuse me, sorry. Uh, you know who who's constantly thieving at every turn. Yeah. Like, oh, there's stuff. Oh, we go into the shop, and you know, you talk about all the wares and stuff he has. Okay, well, I'm going to case the joint. Okay, great. Uh, you going to tell your party? No, no, no. When everybody else goes back to sleep since I'm an elf and I don't have to, I'm going to go steal stuff from that store. Yeah, exactly. And because my thieving skills are so high, I'm just going to be able to do it. No. This this may sound like it is an in-game problem. 
And there are a lot of people I have heard who try to deal with this in-game. How do I punish this player who's being a jerk in-game? Should I, you know, make the guards extra suspicious of him? Should I send Imperial Assassin? No. This character is being a jerk. This player is being a jerk and using his character to do it. This is an out-of-game problem you should address with the player. You can throw all the Imperial Assassins at him as you want... But all you're doing is validating him by keeping it in-game. Deal with it out of game. Have a conversation with him. He may not realize he's being a jerk. He may just be, quote-unquote, playing his character, which is a common excuse you hear with people like this. Maybe your character doesn't fit in my game. Okay? Maybe you need to make a new character that does fit in the game. If this is what your character does, that destroys my game. Right. And give them the option. Because at that point, they're... They are starting to they they have the opportunity to adjust and shift into your game. But mm-hmm. if they're like, well, these are the just types of game I this is kind of I always play. I'm, I'm used to you know I fight game masters. Then you need to adjust or you need to leave. Yeah, exactly. Because this is the style of game we're playing, and you are not playing that game. And that's where things can step from in game to out of game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've actually read and known people uh, who didn't like certain GMs and would literally play in their games to ruin their games. Because they hated the person. So much better ways to spend your time, man. Yeah, but get they, a hobby. But they enjoyed being that bully. They really enjoyed being that bully and watching that person struggle. I just, I just, uh, I don't understand. I, I, I don't have the time for the spite. You yeah. Know? One person said, "Oh, I'm trying to make them a better storyteller." No, you're not. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're literally doing this because you don't like them. There's nothing constructive in what you're doing. So, um, all right. One of the other things you can do, too, is uh, take feedback and criticism from your group at the end of a session. Um, this is something that, that uh, Rob... Uh, I never did, actually, until I started playing with Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got me into it, and I absolutely see the value in it. Um, so this is a great point where um, when the, the game is still fresh in everybody's mind, and the emotions from it are still very raw and pure... Um, you can solicit feedback from them, and so if something did go wrong, you can hear it from them right then and there, and ask like and be specific too. Don't just be like, "Did you enjoy yourself?" No, not really. Okay, well, thanks. Anyway, Rob, did you enjoy yourself? You know, yeah. But ask for specifics. Ask for you know what, and and, and don't just solicit bad bad feedback. I mean, solicit good feedback too. What did you like? What specifically did you like? Why did you like it? What did it make you feel? You know, why didn't you like this thing? What did it make you feel? Um, what do you think I could do as a storyteller to do it better next time? Can you can you think of a way I should have handled it instead? Um, and I think that's a great way of nipping problems in the bud right away uh, when they happen at your table. Yeah, I I, I always like the wrap up. I'm I, I'm glad I've made it a rhythm, and I've I've tried at times. I've gotten very specific mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and asked, you know about these scenes or about this uh, kind of moment. And I'd, I'd make little side notes myself of things that I thought were good in the story so that people would have those. But at the same time, anytime I saw bindings, I would write those down and see if the players brought them back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that I always had references for myself of what I considered bad and what the players considered bad. Yeah. And I think sometimes that, that distinction is hard to find. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important as a good storyteller to improve on yourself. And, yeah. and to make sure that the gameplay experience for all your players are good, because you're playtesting every time. 
Regardless yeah. of how you look at it, you're playtesting every time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so then you get out of character conflict. Yes, this is this is the this is the tough stuff because this is the hardest stuff. This is the hardest stuff because it has real world consequences. These mm-hmm. aren't has nothing to do with the, with what happened in game. This is player, honest to goodness, player yep. versus player. I've I've hard. watched I've watched in LARPs people never speak to each other again. Mm-hmm. I've watched at tabletop sessions where people have literally not played the game system again. Yeah, because they had such a horrific experience. This is after playing multiple times with other people. Um, it's, it's worth noting too that like personal problems can have a lot of sources. Yeah, um, self care is important. It's it's not always just you know person A doesn't like person B. No, they're gonna fight. It's no. a lot of times like work stress is getting to you. Um, they they said something that was unknowingly triggering for them. Yeah. Used or, a word, used a term. Yeah, something else is grating on them. You know, maybe they just haven't eaten. You know, right, and they're right. hangry. That that um, that happens more than that. you're hangry. You're tired. By the way, hangry means you're way more than just hungry. Hungry and angry. Yeah, you've gone angry. There is fungry. That's a whole nother level. Yes. But um, yeah, not taking care of yourself can lead to a lot of issues in in gameplay and pushing yourself so you can see your friends, see and hang out with them, or feel obligated to do it, especially from a to- storyteller perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, will create extra tension and stress if you're not prepared don't do it mm-hmm. like let let your storyteller know and step away mm-hmm. so that everything can get everyone can have a better experience including you and if, if it comes down to that it's a problem and you're like i don't want to miss the session but i have no energy for this and if i do it i'm probably not going to enjoy it let the storyteller know they might be like let's reschedule then yeah, let's let's push it. Do you it's, need a couple hours? Do you need like a day? Do you need like a week? You need a, 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 a Snickers and a Pepsi or something. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, exactly. What can I do for you? Yeah. But one, the the heart of this though is that these situations can be handled with compassion and understanding. Correct. We're all people, and we yes. talk often about. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, We're all people. I seriously thought you were. An most of us are people. Okay. Some of us <laughs> identify as people. That's true. That's true. Um. But uh, it should be handled with compassion and understanding um, that, look, everybody's got something going on. And we talk often about the assumption of friendship at the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, that we're all friends. Regardless yes. of how we feel about each other, we assume we are all friends. And we assume that everything that we're doing is in the best interest of everybody at the table. Exactly. Um, and if if you're not, you should be. Exactly. Um. So... When you're dealing with with interpersonal conflict that, that creeps up, um, the first thing is identify what is going on. It's not always to see when things are escalating until they blow up. Um, Self awareness is very important. Um, and make your table safe to speak up at. I think that's almost more important than the self awareness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, self awareness is just hard, straight up hard. It is not easy thing to master. It is. A lot of people never can do it. It is. And even the people who believe they've mastered it, they have not yet. <laughs> um, that is a but, movie myth. But making your table um, um, an inclusive space that yes. is that is that is uh, safe to speak up at is yep. important. Yep. So if somebody says, "Hey, look, I'm not enjoying things right now," boom. My response is not, "Well, what the hell is your problem?" Correct. My response, because that shuts that down. Right. That punishes that person for speaking their feelings. Yes. Even if they were snippy about it. Yes. Okay. As their friend, my response should be, I'm sorry to hear you're not enjoying yourself. What What can we change? 
Right. Is this an in-game or out-of-game thing? Do you need do you, do you need, need something? Yep. You know? I can distinctly remember uh, a friend of ours who uh, came to the table uh, not just once but a couple of times because of, of changes that were going on, hungry. But we could, but it was bleeding into everything else. Mm-hmm. And it was the simple fact that there was a f- level of frustration there. And it was just a matter of being calm, doing a little discovery, and helping that person. Yeah, absolutely. And it changed everything. So... Once you are in a safe space, you can you can you can validate your players' feelings, including the storyteller. Okay. Um. The next thing you want to do is de-escalate it. Okay. Like I said, you don't want to be like, "What the hell is your problem?" Take a five ten minute break. It's fine. People start like jawing at each other or something like that. This is this is what happened at our table. I'll be yes. very I'll be very I'll be very clear about it. This is what happened at our table. Yep. Um. There was a a planning session mm-hmm. that got a little too involved. Some other some other players um uh, had issue with how long our planning sessions take at our tables, mm-hmm. and they spoke their minds about it. And some words were exchanged between team pro planning session and team we should just kick down the door. This is this is going on for an hour. That's a clean way of putting it. Uh, and some of those words were angry. And feelings were hurt over yes. it. Um, now, yes. I, it is worth noting, everybody has kissed and made up um, after yes. this. I'm very happy that we are good enough friends that we can all handle this like adults. And yes. we've, we've put it, I don't know, behind us, but but it's definitely, it's, it's, it's resolved. Everybody is calling the other person friend at this point. Correct. I think the best part about it was that we are all, we are all deep friends and that it took time to recognize what was going on, and mm-hmm. I think being remote made it even more challenging. Right, right, right. Because you right. can't see expressions. You yeah. don't know how far they're going. It's just silence at times. Yes. And that makes it even worse. It does, it does. Cold silence can, can really speak more volumes than words can sometimes. Agreed, agreed. Um, And so when when this did happen, uh, we, we just called a break. And I was like, hey, all right, let's, let's all walk away for just five, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Everybody get yourself a snack. Collect your thoughts, yep. take a deep breath, use the restroom, refill your coffee, whatever you're going to do. Yep. Okay. We came back to it. We finished the game. We did. Um, We finished the scene. We finished the scene, which was the last scene in the game. Yeah, pretty much. More or less. It was the lead up and last scene. Yep. Um, it was it was the, the crescendo of the story, at least. Yes. Um, and then we, we had a breakdown. Yep. And so uh, you were first in the breakdown. I said, did you enjoy yourself? And you said, yes and no. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, well, let's 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 talk about it. Yeah. Share your feelings with us, mm-hmm. you know. And then that's where you start getting into the resolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the things that, that becomes challenging, especially when you're that close, which is why the, the time span helps. Because mm-hmm. inevitably there's there's feelings of regret. There's feelings of concern. There's probably still feelings of aggression. But yeah. you start distancing yourself from the situation because it's no longer escalated. And you, your rational brain, your lizard brain starts to die down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And your rational brain comes in and now the things start coming out in a more rational sense. And that's where your I statements become important. And you're not pointing the finger any longer because you're no longer in the escalation state. And it's important that in talking about those kind of questions, the wrap up questions like that, you're asking the person directly, Mm -hmm. you know, and when they, uh, and it's unlike therapy and stuff like that, where, you know, a therapist might reguide you and, and, and take you away and say, well, don't use you statements, use I statements. 
you're still too close. Just 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 let things flow a little bit, yeah. but encourage the I statements. Yeah. And, yeah. and as a person, if you're going to be in it, try and use I statements. Take that moment to recognize what you're doing. Exactly, because because the 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 thing you can start doing very easily if you if you're not, and this this is why I know it sounds cheesy as hacking. You see, like uh, like movie therapist, you know, let's use I statements instead of you statements, but it's true. It's true because. You don't want to assume and put words in other people's mouths. You know, well, you did this, you did that. Well, okay, we can establish the facts that certain things were said, but how did that make you feel? How did that affect you? Because that's the only person in the room you can speak for, you know, is yourself. So those are very important, as cheesy as it sounds. Um, Find what's important in the situation and that's a step up in finding the resolution. Often the root of the matter is buried in escalation. Oh, yeah, completely. Things things can get blown out of proportion very quickly, and it's very easy between you know mean words that get said and assumptions that get made to just find the inciting incident. My, one of my favorite parts about this is children. Children mm-hmm. do the, the Ross form of this, but it escalates so fast within themselves. And my favorite one was a little girl who lost her mind uh yeah uh who lost her mind while going uh and basically had a fit and the reason the whole reason was her sticker fell off her shirt yeah but she went for 10 minutes having a hysterical fit about it mm-hmm. and it just took rolling all of that back and figuring out what was really going on and she's like my sticker fell off my shirt and her mom's like oh here and it reset the whole moment yeah it's uh it's that that classic trope of crying over spilled milk Oh yeah, you know it is. It's never just spilled milk. It's that that spilled milk represents, you know, you, you're 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 depressed. You've been having a bad week. It's been one failure after another, and the spilled milk is just the straw that breaks the camel's back. And no, it's not about the milk. Yeah, it's not about the milk at all. But the milk was the inciting incident, and sometimes unpacking that can take a little time. Oh, so much. Um, and then you know compromise and accommodation can be easier to reach yeah you 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 want to collaborate on that solution but one of the best things is start with a level of accommodation yeah accommodate one of the things that um that uh tacticians who are uh, working with uh, hostage negotiators one of the first thing they do is they create accommodations they don't give in but they're willing to create accommodations for the situation because it puts it changes the whole tone of everything at that point. You're working toward a resolution. And some accommodations can be very simple and very quickly to handle. Mm-hmm. And that definitely pushes that thing now to resolution from de escalation. Yeah. And you start feeling that those those changes immediately. Yeah. Our friend who was hungry, like, hey, let's take ten minutes. Do you, do you need me to make you a sandwich or something? Yeah. You know, that that simple thing, little, little thing. Five minutes later, she's got a, you know, cheese sandwich in her hand. And maybe, like, I grab a, some soup that we still had in the fridge. Five minutes after that, feeling already better. More more frequent breaks mm-hmm. and, 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 and snacks. Done. Solved Done. so many problems. Yep. Um, we uh one of the one of the the affected players our mm-hmm. our, our friend uh came up with an, an amazing solution oh, to it's the planning fantastic. sessions being being hour and a half long arguments that never get anywhere yep uh is uh, if you're familiar with the game apples to apples yep um 
He's I mean, a, technically Cards Against Humanity too, but let's let's start with Apple's yeah, Apple. Yeah, okay, <laughs> kind of a Cards Against Humanity thing. Everybody at the table gets to present a short form version of their uh, of of their uh, of their plan. Mm-hmm. I say we kick down the door and just kill yep. everybody involved. Okay, what's your plan? Uh, we fireball it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Okay, yep, sure. what's your plan? Uh, well, I'm going to distract them with illusions while you guys sneak in the back door. Okay, cool. What's your plan? I agree with I agree with illusions and sneakiness. Okay, cool. Um, and then one person at the table is designated as the plan maker. Yeah. And they say, all right, uh, of all the plans presented, I liked fireball it from orbit. That's what we're doing. But But we're going to do it in this other particular way because I say so. And I'm the plan maker, and that's what we're doing. That's now the plan. And then that cycles and to then, another person. Yep. Next next time there's a planning session, that baton gets passed to another person. And therefore, everybody gets to be the decision maker who incites the plan, but everybody in those planning sessions gets a voice in what they want the plan to be. I love it. I love it. Because it's kind of spitballing, but at the same time, it's passing around like happens in the movies all the time. Yeah. Everybody, everybody puts their heads together, and mm-hmm. you've got like you know the the planning montage where like the chalkboard comes out, yep. and you know the 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 strings with the pins between yep. them. And yep. okay, well if I go here and you go here, and no, that's never going to work. Well, it, it doesn't matter because it comes down to the person who makes the decision. Exactly, exactly. And that rotates, and then you you go from the meta to the real. So what if that person, that player's character, is not the planner, mm-hmm. but they made the decision, whatever. Figure it out and, and 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 roll the story with wherever that's going. Yeah, story rolls with it. Yeah, whatever. It, it'll it'll happen. And everybody, you know, there, there's there's a trust and understanding at the table that I'm not just gonna wipe the group like you guys picked wrong. You're all dead. You yeah, know, I think your idea stinks. So I'm just gonna so like don't do the MMO thing. Right, rocks fall, you all die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where where you have one player who doesn't agree with whatever everyone else agreed with, and so they just decide not to play, and they're like, I'm just gonna stand off to the side. Mm-hmm. Like, d- dude, you're you're just not gonna play D and D anymore? No, because I hate your idea. Okay, well, I, I guess guess what? You, you you're not part of this team anymore then. Right, right. So. so there there's 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 trust at the table that whatever idea you guys come up with, I will mm-hmm. make it suitably dramatic. Yep. There may be consequences for sure. for a bad plan, sure, but it's gonna be an adventure, and I'm never just gonna be like, you chose wrong, you're all dead, you know? Yeah. Or 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 do the DM versus player thing. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a story. It's exactly. a collaborative story. It's a collaborative story. So yep. whatever. Um, but, I love it. I honestly but, love it. But from this conflict at our table, this is what we've got out of yeah, it. Yeah, which know? is beautiful. I think it's a great idea. And we we all talked about it like adults. We used some some basic conflict resolution, mm-hmm. and we came up with this really great. So well, to to be fair, one of the players came up with a great idea. Steve came yes, up with yes. a really great idea. Yes, it's a I'm, I'm going to say your name because it's calling just, you out. I'm calling you out for this for this brilliant brilliant insight. Everybody I've mentioned it to loves it, and yeah. uh, now I'm mentioning it on the podcast. All of our listeners can love it too. Yeah, I think everyone should be able to use this. If you feel like you need to have submissions, you know, in private or something like that, because of your particular table, sure, whatever. But honestly, I like the idea of a very simple submission all the way around the table, and then the one person decides, yeah. and everybody just agrees that's the person, and then it rotates from there yep so when it gets to you you get to make the decision and you can do it your own way if you want yeah, to and, whatever and if you want to be brazen and kick down the door guess which plan's getting green that's right <laughs> that's know? right but that way your character gets to have their moment in glory yeah so. no i love it yeah. i love it so uh we had a couple questions and we we're, did we're, we're, run, we're running late tonight we've actually uh yeah but i think the i think the first one we already covered nox's question about uh if you ever do tpk your campaign or kill a pc in a crazy unexpected way do you think it's cheating to have a backup story arc for the next bit 
and have them be in limbo after like trying to make deals with whomever in such of like a Bill and Ted style. No, we didn't. We didn't answer this. I mean, we. I mean, we we kind of we answered glanced it into this. This is very specific. Way, but but no, no, I don't look. I don't think that's cheesy at all. I mean, no. first off, I, I I think I think a lot of that depends on the game you're playing. First off, I'm going to say there are game systems that apply this rule. Uh, th- yeah, it's adventure. Li- there's there's literally. Well, no, no. I was actually thinking Dungeon World. I'm going right with adventure. Literally <laughs> has a like at death's door bargain with death itself. Yeah, well, I think that's pretty cool. I was thinking more along the lines of the Did you see me die? Yeah. Then it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, but but that but the thing is though that ability has to be on your sheet. No, no. But what I'm just all I'm putting it out there is is that I think that kind of lends into this as a framework sure. that not all systems. You know. Yeah, wow. Not, that's a <laughs> not all systems are created equal. <laughs> Correct. Um. In in that yeah, some of them some of them actually do utilize mechanics like this deliberately in the system. Yeah. Um. But as far as like e- even in systems like like Dungeons and Dragons doesn't have one of these necessarily. It did. There, there were parts of this in there when d- you don't remember the days of being thrown against the wall. No. Oh wow! Yeah, there was a mechanic where basically when you died, your soul was thrown to the wall. Okay. Of of, of souls, and you were bartering to see where you ended up in the afterlife. Well, yeah, but that's ending up in the afterlife, not but getting your life back. The gods could return you. Right, right, right. But right. that was a mechanic. There was literally something there I'm, for that. I'm not talking about mechanics, I understand though. that. I'm trying to get away from I the mechanics. I understand that. But I'm it was saying, in the system. I'm, I'm saying is in, in game systems that don't have that mechanic, Correct. it really depends on the type of game you're, you're playing. Yeah. Like, if it, is, it a, is it a high lethality system? Like, are you playing Dread? Or Paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Well, or, yeah, or Paranoia. <laughs> um, are, are you playing Dread, where, like, players getting removed from the game is kind of the point of the game? Right. Then... Yeah. No, it's probably not a great place for that. But, like, I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. I don't see any problem with, you know, if it's dramatically appropriate, giving someone a, a, a chance to... Like, I've got a couple ideas in the back of my own mind for if a player, you know, dies in, in sure. particular ways, how I can turn that death into another story arc for them. Sure. Where maybe it's not a death. Maybe it's a left for dead. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a capture. Maybe it's a, uh, you know... Well, 7C, I was always having that prepared, so... Any, any number of other things, but no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's cheesy at all. I think nope. it's, I think it's a great way of, of turning, uh, turning what, what would be the end of a story into more story. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's definitely something to negotiate with the player. And, and that's something of them. If, like, if they died and they were like, wow, that was fantastic, can I make a new character now? And you're like, did you want to keep playing them and we could work something yeah. together on this? And they're like... You know, no, I don't want to come back from that. I want to be remembered at that. Let's let's do something different. Cool. Yeah, that was a That's great cool. heroic death. You know, it's exactly what my character wanted. Yep, exactly. And we'll roll on from there. Yeah. Um, Overwatch then asks, uh, I've been in some bizarre RP sessions and some interesting characters, and I don't mean RP characters, uh, noping out to never return. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty seasoned at the time. Is there a good way to address stuff like this with new or inexperienced players to prevent them from turning them off from role playing in general or possibly forever? Uh, I, I mean, I'm just gonna say this: uh, gaming in general, um, the whole point of a game is to have fun. Whether you're playing a uh, a tabletop role playing game, or you're playing a board game, or you're playing sports or something like that, and if that game is not fun for you, 
you are spending your time poorly. Um, and so if you're in a game where you're uncomfortable with the people there, yeah. people there are being mean or uh, delving into topics that you find uncomfortable, um, you voiced your protests or whatever, and I mean, even if you don't voice your protests, like that's not even that's 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 bad of me to say. Actually, that's kind of victim blamey. Like, there's there's no reason for you to stay in an uncomfortable situation, regardless. But I will say that um, you know to prevent it from you know turning them off for role playing in general, possibly forever. I I know I know people who've 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 had those experiences. Yeah. Um, where you know they they showed up to a game, the game was full of a bunch of a bunch of jerks who treated them like crap, and they were like, "I never want to play Dungeons and Dragons ever again." Yeah, and I mean that's fine. That's certainly um, one takeaway you can have from it, but without a doubt. But at the same time, though, uh, you know it's it's not it's not an indictment of Dungeons and Dragons. It's an indictment of the people you sat at the table with. Right, but at the same time, I would say that I, I'd put it on the same par as sushi. Yeah. If you've had sushi and you're still eating sushi, you probably had a pretty good experience to start with or you had somebody help you out of the bad experience. Yeah. yeah. And I think the biggest thing that you can do as a storyteller, if, if you're seeing a player in your game having a bad situation, is help them. Absolutely. Help, help them out of that situation, help them into a better situation. Yeah, we talked a little bit earlier about making your table a welcoming environment, and right. a safe environment where people can speak up about their discomforts. On the other hand, if you've got a friend who had an uncomfortable situation and you really wished they would get back to gaming, you can always offer it for them, but they have to, it comes from their side. Maybe have them come watch a scenario, or yeah. watch a better table. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? And and get to that, but understand where they're coming from and what made them uncomfortable about it. Yeah. You know, whether it was a matter of them not feeling included or being taken care of or stepping in with very false pretenses or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it could be anything. So. Yeah, absolutely. Pardon absolutely. Um, no, I think that's anything good. else you want to throw on that? No, I think... Okay. Uh... I think we're pretty good there. I mean, it's a, a lot of a lot of it is just making sure that you just you know, take taking stock of 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 uh, whether or not you're uncomfortable and whether or not you decide you want to stay in that situation. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I would say honestly, if you're not having fun in a game, walk away from it. There's no shame yeah. in that. But uh, as far as my takeaways tonight, self awareness mm-hmm. is hard. Help others with their awareness a little bit. Be yeah. prepared for that as a storyteller. Make everything comfortable. Keep communication up. Make sure you're getting feedback and you just don't think that everything you're doing is hunky-dory or everyone's having a horrible time. Yep. Ask. It's it's the best thing you can do. And when uh, when, when bad stuff creeps up, um, treat it with compassion. Yep. Uh, treat it with understanding. Yep. Everybody's got their own struggles that they're, that they're going through. And, and accommodate. Don't attribute to malice what, no. what could be just someone needing a Snickers and a back rub. <laughs> Exactly. And be accommodating. Be yeah. as best accommodating as you can. Yep. Uh, next week's topic. Next week's topic. We're uh, It's a second Wednesday of the month. Yes, it is. That it's means new, another system spotlight. New which month, is, new system spotlight. Uh, uh, which is Numenera. Yeah, talking about Monty Cook's Numenera. Which is intriguingly different. It's it's a wild system, and we're really going to have to do our homework on this one. Um, it's uh, uh, Earth set approximately one billion years in the future. Um, and basically talking about the civilizations that have risen and fallen and lend themselves to where you are in time then. 
So you can find us on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller dash Conclave. And join us up on our Discord. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find the link up on our Twitter as well as our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, uh, Knox in the Box, Sam, the Arcane Asylum Sparkle Motion Veteran, Hulavu, and Overwatch. We really appreciate everything you do to help keep our show going. Our pre-show music is by Arcane Anthems. You can find that at Patreon.com slash Arcane Anthems. Our intro music, Beyond the Warriors, is by Geefrock. You can find that at geefrock.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at freemusicarchive.org. As always, a big shout-out to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving and supporting thank us. Thank you, thank you. All of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years and given us these great stories and experiences to share with you, and you, every single one of our listeners. We love you so much. Love you guys. Good night. Good night. Good night.